God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. You look like you're getting ready to floss. Uh, I'm definitely not getting ready to floss unless we consider what we do here on the podcast spiritual flossing. I call it mental floss for the nation. Mental Floss for the Nation is an album by a band that I can't remember the name of from the 90s. Yeah. It sounds like a Spoon album or like a Soul Coughing album. Urban Dance Squad. Urban Dance Squad. I saw those guys twice and they were scary. Scary good? Like when you're scared in a good way? I mean, I was, yeah, they were, I was scared in a good way. They didn't last very long. The guy, the the front, the lead guy was very intense. They were from like Denmark or something. We were listening in the van to uh, the Butthole Surfers. And I was thinking about you, thinking about Austin. And what a scary band that was. First of all, they called their album Electric Larry Land. And the cover of it is like one of the worst covers ever. But someone played me a song by them that was pretty big, but that I'd never heard of called Who Was In My Bed Last Night. You know that song? Well, then- they had a big song called Pepper. Well, Pepper was the the big the song I knew, but apparently they had a song on an earlier album that it ended up being put on one of those guitar hero games. So I guess it found a new audience called Who Was In My Bed Last Night or something. It mm-hmm. was pretty fucking awesome. One of the reasons I moved to Austin was because I had read a story about the Butthole Surfers in Spin Magazine. That just sort of were, inspired you to... Yeah, well, they were li- they were in their van smoking pot, and a cop. They were parked somewhere, and the cop went up and like wrapped on the van. And then when they opened it up, he was like, "What are you guys doing?" They're like, "Nothing," but they were obviously smoking pot. And he was like, "All right, well, just checking it out. <laughs> I'll just take you at your word for it." And they didn't arrest him. And I was like, "I'm moving to Austin." Well, I read their discography and like here are their album titles, which is just right up your alley. It felt felt like, and definitely very Austin, very eighties, nineties Austin. Locust abortion technician. <laughs> That's one. Yeah. That's their third album. Their first one's called Psychic Powerless, Another Man's Sack. Their second album's called Rembrandt Pussy Horse. Their third album is Locust Abortion Technician. Then they have Hairway to Steven. <laughs> Independent Worm Saloon, Electric Larry Land, and lastly, sadly, in 2001, their last album, Weird Revolution. Well, I've seen them a couple times, and they were scary. Well, he used to do this thing, right, where he would, like, put kerosene on the on a cymbal and hit the cymbal and it would crack fire and shit. Yeah, but they would, they would run all this, like, crazy weird footage um, of, like, sex reversal surgeries. Yikes um just all kinds of weird stuff uh on the screen behind him and i uh i may or may not have been doing some psychedelics when i went and saw him which added to the scariness of it all i'm guessing that a lot of their fan base was on that particular track which is weird for me because i would not have been doing that i really would have just been there because i liked that pepper song and to that point one of my bandmates was telling me they went and saw them at some thing. It was probably a festival and they played pepper first. And the guy goes, well, now that we played that song, we got all the assholes out of here. <laughs> Let's get going. 
you know, let's let's really play the show because they got all the little MTV kids out of there, which I would have been one of those MTV kids, but I wouldn't have left. There really wasn't you would you would have left. I wouldn't um, have. I wouldn't have. I would have been down for it, but I would have been there for the big song. That's been my speed my whole life. All right. Well, watch. There's plenty of video of them on YouTube. You can watch them. It's it's hard if you're not there and if you're not on drugs. I think it would be hard to sit through a whole a whole butthole surfer show. Yeah, but you can't sit through a whole Tool show. So I think we're built different. Yeah, but Tool's like super musical and beautiful and orchestrated. <laughs> right, and, it's I a mean, little chaos. It's like well, it's 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 like really well crafted songs, and that's not what Butthole Surfers was. Butthole Surfers was was him screaming through a a delay. Uh, a bunch of nonsense and then the music was all nonsense and bullshit and so it's it would be hard to 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 make it through that if you were just sitting in front of your computer i'm gonna get on the elliptical today and try to watch one i'll let you know how far i get (laughs) we'll see how far i can do it it may not be very far i saw him a couple times and then i saw him at Lollapalooza, and they played during the day and the way that so it was so it was during the day, so they couldn't show any of their movies and stuff, and they were just like out in the bright sunshine. Yeah, and so, um, God damn it, why can't I think of his name? Who's the lead singer? The lead singer is uh, is it Gibby Haynes? Yeah, so Gibby Haynes brought a shotgun loaded with. He must have loaded it with like you know that salt shot or whatever, like buckshot or whatever, yeah. whatever it is, and then he was throwing forties. Uh, you know, forty ounce bottles into the air and then shooting them, <laughs> and then and then they would explode in the air because he would shoot them over the over the heads of the audience. Wow, and, uh, that's basically what he was doing. Wow, and you know while they were doing their cunt 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 cunts cunts. That was one of their songs. They just repeated the word cunt over and over again. Wow. When I first got to Austin, I met a guy named Kurt Mackler, and he invited me over to his house. And he seemed like a nice guy, so I went over there. I mean, I was, dude, in that, I was like 22, 23. I was up for anything at that point. And uh, we get over to his house, and he goes, hey, have you ever heard of this band? And I was like, yeah, I read about that band in Spin Magazine, Butthole Surfers. And he goes, did you ever listen to the music? Because back in those days, it wasn't like you could turn on fucking YouTube and listen to anything. You had to you had to have a copy of it. They weren't going to play that shit on the radio. So he had a copy of it and he played it for me. And I just listened to it and it blew my mind because I was just like, oh, music can be anything. It doesn't have to be the thing on the radio. It doesn't have to be even Tom Waits. It doesn't even... You know what I mean? It doesn't even have to be like alternative songs. It can be anything. It can be noisecapes. It can be you saying the word cunt, cunt, cunt over and over again. And it really, it really opened up my mind in a way that I'm so grateful for. Um, because it, like because of that i you know without that i couldn't have done the scabs or or really anything i mean everything after that was it really allowed my creativity to, to go in all directions 
I mean, I, it, maybe it hurt me in a way because that's what I'm more interested. I'm more interested in doing something I haven't heard or that's different or interesting sounding than I am with writing some song that sounds like something I've heard. Well, I mean, it could be argued that it might, might have hurt you commercially, but that's just because idiots who can't make art couldn't figure out a way to corporatize it or sell it. But artistically, everything you're saying is what should be celebrated in art. And what's crazy about a band like Butthole Service is a band like that was never meant to have a, any kind of mainstream success. That Pepper thing was like a total fluke. But what it did was it, <clears throat> I didn't have a buddy like your buddy that turned me on to like acid rock. I was an MTV kid. So what's crazy about that song getting through for a minute is that it hit a kid like me and had similar implications because even that hit song is super weird. It's him talking. Mostly the lyrics are crazy. It has a reverse guitar solo, which I'd never heard because I'd never heard the Beatles. It had a great chorus hook. And then I would see them on like SNL and them doing their like weird version of their show for TV. And even that would get through to a little suburban kid like me. And it's, I think about like the first few Pink Floyd albums, like there's some of those bands that, no one was ever meant to hear except for whoever was living in those towns at that time, but they get through and yeah, they create someone like you, dude. They made you, they're part of what made you, which is cool. Yeah. I got to party with Gibby Haynes a few times. What was that like in the, in the day? He was not a fun partier. He doesn't seem um, fun. He, he would get kind of mean, kind of like me. I would get kind of mean too when I, when I partied, but then I met him when he was trying to get sober a couple times. And when he was sober, he was the funniest, smartest, sweetest guy I've ever been around. Like he was so likable and sweet and so funny and so sharp. And then you just wanted him to be that way always. And then I, and it didn't stick. He, he kept going back, but he's like got a kid now. He wrote a kid's teen book um teen novel which i bought but i haven't read and i guess he's like living maybe in new york or something oh, okay he's so, not in austin anymore i don't think so but i i think he's i mean hopefully he's off the hard drugs because that shit's i saw him one night somewhere and he was just his arms were just covered in weird fucking sc like scabs and stuff and i was just like dude yeah how are you going to live in this world for much longer? <clears throat> this is known for taking the stage at early concerts with hundreds of clothespins attached to his hair and clothes. Haynes would often strip throughout a show until he was down to his underwear or less by the end. Other attire included flasher-style trench coats over his nakedness, ridiculously home-styled wigs and cross-dressing, often employing a skirt made of an American flag and a large 60s torpedo-style stuffed bra. Other times, he would hide condoms full of stage blood in his clothes and repeatedly fall to the floor, appearing to bleed profusely. Some of his other favorite tricks involve throwing handfuls of photocopied cockroach images into the crowd, rolls and rolls of toilet paper tossed across the audience, as well as filling an inverted symbol with lighter fluid and setting it and sometimes his own hand on fire. Just a bunch of art kids. That sounds like art school kid stuff. Dude, that was Austin. That was Austin when I moved here in 89. It was, there's so much of that. Like you would just go down to sixth street and you would just see just the craziest assortment of everything from trash rock to like traditional country to 
really aggro, hard rock to pop to 50s rockabilly shit. I mean, it was amazing, dude. When I moved here, back in those days, I... You would, it was just amazing the diversity and the amount of music and the amount of talent that was here because it was just so cheap to live here. So people would go to school and then they just would never leave and they'd do drugs and they'd barely work. And then the rest of the time they'd goof off making weird music or interesting music. And that's gone away because over the last 20 years, it's gotten, it's one of the most expensive places to live. And, and when that happens, all of those people that, that want to do drugs and hardly work and make art, they move to other places that are cheaper to live. Well, I'm sure you've read it, but David Byrne wrote a really great op-ed. This was maybe, this was almost 10 years ago about Manhattan. And he was like, Manhattan used to be where someone like Patti Smith, like the freak out right. scene could exist. Because it was cheap to live there. You could live there for like 25 bucks a month. Right. And that's where all the interesting art was being made. Now, I mean, now you can hardly live in Brooklyn. I mean, now... Artists have to live like on the outskirts of Queens and in the Bronx and shit. If you want to be sort of in a New York vibe, <laughs> living in the city's out unless you're fucking rich for sure. Is there a version of it happening in Austin though that you may not know about just because you, you know, you're a dad and a husband and you live outside of town? You're not, you're not, you don't have your ear to the ground the way you did at that time. Maybe there's a version of it still happening. I mean, I'm sure there's still people making music, but they're not living in town. They're living in right. San Marcos. They're living in Kyle. They're living in Dripping Springs. They're living on the outskirts of, of the city. They're not living in the city. And the problem with that is if you're not all in the city, you can't really build a community of it. You know, if you're all spread out, you're kind of just more isolated, I guess. Well, the other thing that's happened is it's just the rents are too expensive, so you can't have shitty... There used to be, you know, 50 shitty clubs that you could play in, and now there's not. Now there's 10, and they're, you know, they're run better, because if they're not, then they're going to go out of business. Right. They're I mean, the only, reason that Saxon, the only reason the Saxon pub's still there is because when it went up for sale, this guy who had all the money in the world, bought it and said, I'm just going to sit on this property until you, for the next, however long you want it. You know, he told Joe Abels, you run Saxon pub as long as you want. And then if you ever want to close it down, I'll sell the property. That's the only reason it's there. Otherwise it'd be gone. Threadgills is gone. I don't know why continental club is still here. Um, yeah. The gallery is still there too, right? Yeah. That's part of the continental club. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a few places that are, you know, that still have live music, but I don't know, man. It's not the it's not what it was, that's for sure. There's a famous rock club here called Exit In. You may have played there. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Similar deal. It came up for finally the lease was up and whoever had it couldn't afford to renew the lease. And a big thing happening in town, which I'm sure is also happening in Austin, is just real estate, corporate real estate. So people are just buying up shit and either building like what we call tall skinnies or... um just corporate shit for like shops and boutiques and shit. And there was like a huge citywide poll and people signed shit and people tried to raise money to buy it. And the people who bought it don't give a fuck. The people who bought it don't even live here. They don't give a shit about exit in or its history. They're like this, this block of real estate in Nashville is going to be worth a fucking billion dollars in 20 years. We don't care about your little art community. It's sad. It's, it's weird to be, 
mowed over by that kind of thing. It puts a lot of shit in perspective. Speaking of that, we got a few emails here that we should dip into here. First of all, I would like to say thank you to Caitlin, because Caitlin became a patron. And all of our patrons are special people who now get to hang out with us in the Secret Weekly. So thank you, Caitlin. She became a patron on August, or I'm sorry, on October 11th. We're just now catching up with some of this. So I want to say thank you to you, Caitlin. We got a question about Chappelle, and my question is, do we want to go into that? Go into what? Chappelle? The, the yeah. Chappelle shit. All right. <clears throat> Scott Warmer, friend of the show, which by the way, he sent me his t-shirt for his band called Fenton Hardy, and it's such a cool t-shirt. I wore it every like three days on the road, on stage. So if you saw a bump in your uh, Spotify, you can thank me later. He says, I'd love to hear you and Bob discuss Dave Chappelle's recent special, The Closer. I think it's an interesting and important moment, Scott. So the question is, do we want to have one of our fucking legs blown off in this cultural minefield? I haven't talked to anybody that gives a shit about it. Well, that's one of the things he says in the special, which I really like, is he says, oh, they really dragged me on Twitter. He's like, but I don't give a fuck because Twitter's not a real place. And if you look at Twitter, it would appear as if everybody cares about all this. But if you open up your window and stick your head out and talk to your neighbor for the first time in a year, which is what I do. Yeah, it's there's other shit going on. This is what people care about. Was it funny? And then some people will say, yeah, I thought it was really funny. Some people say, no, I didn't think it was funny. Some people thought it was okay. Well, that's so actually... That's, <clears throat> One of the big talking points about it is, can anyone point to where it was funny? And I laughed a lot. I laughed a lot throughout the whole thing. Well, this is, well, I'm glad we're talking about this. I actually didn't laugh a lot, but I don't think that's makes it unimportant or uninteresting. I don't think that comedy, I don't, I don't think every fucking comedy special should be like a Mitch Hedberg one liner. You're laughing every 40 seconds. Sometimes comedy, sometimes comedy isn't laugh out loud funny. Sometimes comedy is like, in the more, I would I would call it a more preachy vein. Someone like Bill Hicks, someone like George Carlin. Neither of two people are going to impress anybody who's looking for an obscure reference. But dudes who would weave this these big stories and these big themes and these big narratives, and you might laugh, you might not laugh for a minute because that's not the whole point of their show. Mitch Hedberg, if you're not laughing every forty seconds, he's not telling good jokes because his whole thing were one liners. Rodney Dangerfield, same deal. But someone like Dave Chappelle who I think is like a George Carlin is doing social commentary and he's, he's teasing out bigger themes, you know? So I actually don't think the uh, name a funny part thing is that good of an argument against it. Now, if you didn't think it was funny, fine, but I thought it was interesting and I thought a lot of it was pretty brave and I thought some of it wasn't very funny. So there's my, well, there's my lob out there about it. I liked it. Um, I thought that he was angry. He's definitely and, angry. Yeah, and uh, that came through. And he said he said some some he said some pretty fucked up mean shit um, here and there. What do you? What would you? What would you do? So first of all, if you haven't seen well, it, the, these the very be last, spoiler alerts. The very last thing he said, like I would have preferred if you wouldn't have said that. What's it the was, last thing was, he said? He's like, oh, I met your dad, and he was a really cool dude, or something like that. It was like, because obviously the person was transgender, so call the person what they are, uh, a woman. Well, I thought he did that like the whole time. 
he did until the very end, until the very last oh. sentence. And he was like, if I ever meet that kid, the, the, the person's kid, I'm going to say, oh, I knew your dad. And, and he was a great woman or something like that. Oh, he, he fucked the, He fucked up the pronouns. I was like, man, just use the right pronoun. Yeah, but isn't that he's isn't smart that, enough to use the pronouns? But isn't this the whole problem? <laughs> what he's saying is he opened up a trust to send that kid to college. And people are upset that he got a pronoun wrong. It's like, that's the point that everyone's missing. Who gives a shit? It's confusing. He told that it's, whole story about... Yeah, but 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 he's not speaking off the cuff. He wrote all this stuff. It's very... It's very... It's very... Um, he knows what he's saying. He knows what he's doing. And so... Well, I didn't even notice it was, that. It was, just a, it was just a fuck you right at the end. I'm like, yeah, not necessary. And it, and it wasn't funny. I think you might mis- be misreading that. I didn't pick that up at all. I thought it ended like really with a lot of sentimentality. Okay, well, that's was your take, which is great. But my take was like unnecessarily, unnecessarily kind of shitty way to end it. Again, wasn't funny either. So like not funny and unnecessarily mean kind of like it, it was is weird. It was kind of like I enjoyed the special. I laughed a lot. I thought a lot of the jokes landed. Um, he's trying to make people laugh. Uh, I don't care what you use to make people laugh. I mean, if it's, I thought, I thought the last, uh, I, I mean, I thought the last special before that he was doing something. I mean, he was talking about that kid, like being sexually molested by Michael Jackson, but it was pretty funny. And it, I mean, that was tr- truly horrible. Uh, you know, talking about sexual abuse and making jokes about it. Um, I thought that was way more, I thought that was way more horrible than him making some jokes about how trans people are upset with him. But again, I think he's, I think he's an incredible comedian. I think he's really funny. I think he's really smart. He knows what he's doing. I think that after that last special, he got fucking laid into and he's like, oh, you're going to land to me. I'm going to land to you. And he's like, turnabout's fair play. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to fuck you up with these jokes. And he did. I I, I thought of it. It was like, to me, I, I felt like I was listening to a, a rap battle, except I only heard his side because I'm not, I'm not on Twitter. So I don't, so I don't, I don't know what the, uh, what the people that were against him said. Well, I can tell you what they're saying. I mean, they're, they're definitely seeing it as he has a preoccupation with the trans community, which I could see the argument. He's talked about it a lot in his last few specials. Um, that there's like a fixation he has that you've actually talked about in this episode. There's a meanness to it um, where he's obviously targeting them and they want to know what, like if you really do, cause he keeps saying too, listen, I care about the trans community uh, I'm not punching down. I don't even know what that fucking means. The only people I really have a problem with are white people. I like that part. I thought that was funny. Uh, he's like, but I'm calling bullshit where bullshit is. You know, they're definitely taking it as like he's picking on them for sure. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it is like, if you don't like it, don't listen to it. I don't care. I don't care what anybody has to say about anything. Like be funny or do something clever make some art but if you're just telling me your opinion go fuck yourself i don't care i don't care if you're making art i'm all ears if you're telling me your opinion 
Bye-bye. Well, a lot of this podcast is me and you sharing our opinions. We were asked right. our opinion about this whole thing. Right. And I'm telling you that that I like the special. I like Dave Chappelle. I think he's a great comedian. I think he's one of the best. I also think that you can talk about anything as long as it's funny. And, uh, and uh, you know, every once in a while, there's something I'll hear, and, and I don't like it. There's comedians that I don't like at all. That I don't think they're funny. And because I don't think they're funny, I don't like what they're saying. So if you're listening to Dave Chappelle and you don't think it's funny, you're probably not going to like what he's saying. Now, do I, am I a huge supporter of the trans community? Absolutely. Like I am totally for them and want them to, you know, I, I think they're, they're put upon by religious groups uh, in a way that's, terrible and awful and uh people that are afraid of them or whatever it is i don't know why these religious or conservative groups are so anti-trans people but they're not making jokes they're just trying to make their lives real shitty and i am totally against that um uh, I think trans people are marginalized. I think they're made fun of in 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 real life in a way that's truly terrible. Uh, well, one of the criticisms, I, I, but, but I did not get that from I did not get that from either Dave Chappelle's special. Right, and that's why I, he keeps saying he's like the trans community wants to like. He's like, I want to talk with them about. He's like, but the condition is you have to watch my special because he's he's dealing with the frustration of the media has turned it into a a false dichotomy of uh, me versus them. He's like, that's not what's happening. I'm, I'm talking in nuances. And if we're going to come to the table and talk about it, I want you to have at least have heard my actual opinion instead of like some, some headline. But I did see some trans person that were like, Hey, I wasn't offended by a special. I thought some of it's funny. I thought some of it wasn't. They're like, but what I have noticed is because he's such a huge iconic person is it's dog whistled a lot of anti-trans rhetoric. So now it's just become, now it's just become what everything becomes in this moment is us versus them. And so Dave Chappelle may be talking in nuances. He may be making art and making comedy, but it's it's just sort of drudged up this anti-trans thing online. And I don't know if that's worth talking about and thinking about too. Yeah, but people that are anti-trans, it's not because fucking Dave Chappelle did some trans jokes. Right, he didn't change. Right, exactly. And is he, I guess the question is, is he responsible for any of that? That's the interesting no, thing. No, he's responsible for him. He's responsible for himself. And he's a comedian. He's an artist. He, he can talk about whatever he wants to talk about. If you don't like it, don't fucking listen to it. And if you don't like it and you want to talk about it on Twitter, that's fine too. I don't give a fuck though. I don't care what these people have to say. And I don't care if they're trans or not trans in terms of their opinions. I really don't. I do. Again, I do. I do care about trans people and I do think that there are groups of people that are absolutely anti-trans who don't want them to have any rights, who are unnecessarily fucking mean and horrible because I don't know why. Again, I don't know why. Like they had these laws in Texas for a minute where, you know, whatever, whatever, sex you identified it as you would go into that bathroom and use it and then for no 
I don't know why, but these motherfuckers decided, nope, not going to do that. If you're dressed like a woman, but you're, uh, you're not, you, you have the sex of a man, you have to go into the men's restroom. Why you would do that? Why you would make somebody do that is unknown to me. It's truly, that's truly mean and truly horrible. So if I dressed up like a woman, you would be okay with me going into a woman's restroom? If you were, yeah, if you were trans, but you're not trans. So how do you know if someone's really trans? I mean, that's, I'm just, I'm not even saying I agree with that, but I'm playing devil's advocate because the us and them stuff doesn't work. All right. Well, here's what guys, here's what people don't, here's what not a lot of people are doing. Dressing up like a woman to go into women's bathrooms. Now, are there dudes dressing up like women to go into women's bathrooms? Maybe. Are there serial killers? Yes. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about dudes that are trans that are dressed as women. Right. And now they have to go into a men's restroom. It's fucked up. I think if you're a lawmaker and you're trying to, if you're trying to, with an You're un- not protecting it. You're not protecting anybody by fucking doing that law. Well, I think you're trying to figure out how can I protect the most people? Well, let's just say you're an unbiased, non-political, you're just a lawmaker. And you're like, well, there's this many people who are actually trans, which isn't a lot either. Small amount of people are trans people. And then you got this amount of people who would abuse that law to do something weird in a bathroom. And you have to like, I don't know. I'm glad I don't have to make these decisions, but I'm trying to, t- here's what I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the best argument from the side that I disagree with instead of like their little straw men. That's easy for me to shoot down and call them a bigot. What's the best argument from the side I disagree with? Cause that's what I'd rather grapple with than can you believe these racist transphobic religious, whatever, you know, like I've done that for years. It doesn't work for me. And I actually want to talk about something else in the secret weekly, more trans stuff, but we got to get out of here. And this was a, uh, did we get through the, the the field of minds? I don't know. We'll have to see if we're canceled next week. So appreciate the support. Thank you, Caitlin, for becoming a patron. You can leave us a review and you can write in to uh, bobandclint at gmail.com and ask us to talk about anything and we'll do it, even if it's stuff that's scary. All right, bye. 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 <laughs>